Hello everyone and welcome back to the second episode, another edition of the Real Shit Baseball Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Drew Wheeler. Hey, how's it going? Good to see you. Well, not see you. It's good for you to be hearing me, though. Either way, no matter what device you're listening on, we're glad you're listening. We're glad you're listening uh, through Anchor. We're glad you're listening through iTunes, through the Apple Podcast Store, through Spotify. We're glad to be on all these platforms. If there's a platform you want us on, be sure to let me know. I'll be sure to get on there really quick and at least do my best so that we can be in as many ears as possible. The goal of this podcast, of course, is to present the news, the goings-on, the surroundings, the, the hype, the lore of the Real Shit League, a league founded by Mr. Freddie Culver. And today, we have got an awesome, awesome episode for you because we've got a guest in the house on the podcast. It is the defending 2018 Real Shit Champion, the World Series Champion. It's Mr. Kyle Wheeler. He's in, and he's going to be the first of many interviews, I hope, about his team, about his history of fantasy baseball, about the Real Shit League, and about all kinds of other things. Uh, any kind of deep league player, this is the podcast for you. And, and not only this one, but in general, because we are talking about deep leagues, and I'm not talking deep leagues like, oh, what's a prospect to watch? Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Okay, yeah, duh. Let's, let's hear what's actually deep. Let's hear what's actually going to help me in my 16, my 14, my 15 team leagues. We are the podcast for you, you big boys. It's all big boys here, and we're glad to have you in the house. Now, what we're going to do is, as, of course, as always, we always start at the top first. We're diving into the waivers. See what happened. Uh, Mariners making the best of his, uh, his waiver pickup. You know, we, we mentioned in our last episode that he dropped Michael Kopak and Michael Fulmer. Uh, Going to go ahead and pick up John Hicks, catcher first baseman for the Detroit Tigers on a one-year, one-dollar contract. Uh, Mariners will see Hicks, I imagine, as his backup catcher. He has a lot of first basemen, including Ryan Braun, uh, Yonder Alonso, Whit Merrifield. Uh, there's some other ones in there as well who I think have eligibility and... Uh, so I think Hicks is going to definitely act as the backup catcher. There was a good pickup. Every team should probably have at least one catcher. And behind Jan Gomes, uh, John Hicks is just a good option for sure. Uh, and then the other pickup, we saw the Blue Jays. John Mayo coming back from vacation. It's about time, John Mayo. We missed you. We needed you back here. It's uh, It's been weird without you, buddy. And John Mayo has gone and added. It's It's got to be seventh, eighth possibly batter. Uh, he, of course, has probably 40 pitchers on roster. He adds G-Man Choi, the Tampa Bay utility player, one year, one dollar. And Choi uh, will split time, I imagine, between first base and DH for the Rays. Uh, big power potential. And G-Man Choi has been enjoying a very nice spring. Let me get some stats for you, see what he's done this spring. Mr. Choi hit 378 this spring, two homers and seven RBIs. It's very impressive. I think Choi is probably going to be a, a good bench batter for the Blue Jays. I know that his offense is uh, it's pretty full, but, I mean, he could see time at either utility spot. Uh, if he does get that first base eligibility, he could split time with Tyler White and Jesus Aguilar. That's the Blue Jays' first base mix. So, you know, I think Choi's got a pretty good slot, and I think that was a good pickup by John Mayo as if he needed it, as if he needs any help at all. But, like I said, guys, and like you read, We've got a great interview in. It's Mr. Kyle Wheeler. He's in the house. He's going to be in your earbuds very, very soon. Your eardrums cannot wait to hear Kyle's very, very interesting, uh, foul-mouthed, hilarious approach on fantasy, on life, and, of course, on the RS League. Deep Leaguers, stay tuned because you're going to want to hear what he has to say about Deep Leagues, his philosophies, his thoughts, his tips, his tricks, and, of course, how he won the league, what he attributes all that to. So stay tuned right after this for Kyle Wheeler. 
And again, we want to give a big thanks to Anchor, our favorite and first sponsor. Again, thank you so much for supporting us. And with me right now, wearing an Avengers shirt, a backwards hat. He's got a smile on his face. It's the 2018 champion of the Real Shit League, Kyle Wheeler. Kyle, how's it going, buddy? Man, it's going pretty good. Just left a uh, pickup basketball game. Uh Made the 30-minute drive over the state line to come out here and do this, get a pickup basketball game in, and do a little real shit talk, down to talk some shit. Yeah, we're down to talk for sure, and uh, I love that, by the way. That was a good little catchphrase. I love it. I'm going to use it. Okay. Well, well, you're obviously welcome back. So, I have to ask you, first off, I have a very serious question for you. Where was it that you learned your championship-earning math skills? <laughs> uh <laughs> I learned my math skills at good old Mickey Elementary, located in McNary County, Tennessee. If you've never heard of it, I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> we uh, we do have some notable things here in McNary County, Tennessee. We have uh, we have uh, priests that get murdered by their wives, and people just running off the road and killing a bunch of people. A lot of death around here. So uh, uh, also Buford Pusser. This is what I was going for. Oh, a lot uh, of you've death. ever seen the Walking Tall movie? Uh, the one from the 70s. Uh, also, the one with The Rock. Uh, that's based on a story that happened in our uh, home county, McNary County. So you learned your math skills here. Uh, you are a two-time RS champion, one of two. That is correct? Yes, sir. And uh, you are the reigning and defending champion. So obviously a big baseball fan. I love baseball. Um, the thing about it is I remember growing up and never – giving a literal shit about baseball <laughs> um and i just remember in high school one day it all clicked to me about how awesome it was and how what i was missing out on the type of athletes the type of uh managers the type of organizations you know i knew my dad always liked the yankees growing up and i always heard about them but it was good to get into it when i did and i'm glad i did so while you're on that while you're on that topic, let's just go ahead and get right into that. Uh, tell me more about starting to play fantasy baseball in high school. Tell me about your memories of starting to play fantasy baseball. I was sitting in Spanish two with former manager Dalton Parker of the Angels at that time, uh, and he asked me. He said, "Hey, want to play fantasy baseball?" And I said, "Absolutely not." <laughs> and he was like, "Why not?" And I told him I didn't know much about baseball. I, I watched highlights on ESPN throughout the summer, sure. uh, throughout the spring, but other and I knew the main names. But other than that, I had no idea that what was going on. So he, I let him talk me into it, and I said, "Look, give me Manny Ramirez, give me CC Sabathia, fill out the rest of my team, and I'll try to make it work." Uh, I actually wound up getting in the playoffs that year. It was a one year. Thrown together, yeah, a thrown together league, and I wound up making the playoffs that year, and I've been hooked ever since. I've done it every year since then, so I love it. It's definitely my favorite pastime out of anything in the world. It's my favorite pastime, my favorite hobby. It's something I'm very passionate about, and will continue to be passionate about for the rest of my life. Awesome. Well, that's uh, that's awesome. And I know that you mentioned two names there specifically. I am definitely going to put you on the spot right now. I want your five all-time favorite baseball players go five all-time favorite baseball players we got to start at the top of the list with manny ramirez all-time great uh he, he that he, he the phrase manny being manny 
can be equivalented to Kyle being Kyle. Manny Ramirez is the reason I love baseball. Manny Ramirez getting traded to the Dodgers was the best thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> okay. Uh, I love CC Sabathia and what he's meant to the organ just to the organization. I'm a huge Yankees fan, and what he's meant to that team means a lot to me. And I don't care what anyone says, CC Sabathia is one of the most consistent pitchers in the league, hands down, every year. And if you argue with me, go for it. But you ain't gonna change my mind. I think uh, um, if if we're gonna if we're gonna give flat opinions, you're correct. Uh, you're ab- you're absolutely correct. My favorite player of all time though is going to be Mr. Andrew McCutcheon he's he's what got me into dynasty leagues I remember watching Andrew McCutcheon's his first game he was called up and he hit a triple and his helmet flew off his head running around the bases and I said that guy right there is going to be a star and uh sure enough boy was I right uh (laughs) you sure were um, I think he's going to have a great year with the Philadelphia Phillies, may I just add. Um, uh, yeah. Very excited about that, Mr. Philly. Uh, hey, listen, from the Yankees to the Phillies, it's been a great year for us and Andrew McCutcheon. Definitely. Obviously. Uh, obviously, McCutcheon's a great player. So, okay, you got two more. You've, you've named uh, Manny, CC, McCutcheon. Who else you got? You know, those are the three players that come to mind. I don't know if I have a top five those are the three players that that come to mind when I think of all-time favorite players. Okay. I can list I, – I love Vladimir Guerrero, um, and I guess that goes without being said that I, I honestly think Vladimir Guerrero Jr. might be one of my favorite players of all time. <laughs> Anyone um, who's tried to trade you for him would certainly think so. Yeah, they better realize that by now. Um, you know, Vlad, Vlad if, we can, uh, if we can deviate from the script just a little bit, Vlad I always think of as a Kyle guy. Um, he he kind of epitomizes your your whole deal, you know. Have fun playing. You swing the bat hard. You try your hardest. And, and if you don't get it, by God, at least you tried. Exactly. Because I'm going to come out trying and swinging every year, and that's what I want every manager to know about me. It doesn't matter if I look like I need to contend or like I don't need to contend or like I am or I am not. I promise you, I will be there at the end, regardless of what anyone thinks. I will figure out a way. It's it's so funny that you say that because. Uh, Anyone who knows Kyle on a deep level knows that if not his second, probably his third, fourth, fifth, a top five pastime of his as well as fantasy baseball is Survivor. And so it's funny to hear you say that you're essentially, you will outwit, outplay, and outlast everyone. That's just so fun because I know that that's how you feel. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's all about, to me, it's all about, Here's my thing. I know this is totally going across and we're straying away from top players and whatnot, but I think I've kind of narrowed that down. No, you know? I understand. Go ahead. But when it comes down to it, you have to, you have, to have a brain to win this thing. You, you, you have to constantly be talking, constantly be moving, constantly be talking. I mean, it, and, and it, it defeats the purpose if you don't. It defeats the purpose of being in a league like this and you don't, if you, if you don't. And I think that's how I'm... I know that I will be there in the end because I'm always watching. I'm always keeping an eye on play. And I know there's a lot of people in this league who do the same thing, and I know I'm probably talking to a brick wall most of the time here. But the thing is, is in order to win these things, you have to be active. You have to be mindful. You have to know what's going on in the baseball world, in real life, and in your own leagues. Absolutely. I think that was really well said. 
um, you you are a guy with some strong convictions to say the uh, to say the very least. You have strong convictions. You have strong beliefs. And I appreciate you uh, you telling me about your favorite players. And we did, and we did deviate, but I'm going to let you know by all means deviate from this. If there's mm-hmm. something that comes up, let's let's talk about it because I'm keeping track of where we're at. Sure. So like I said, your strong convictions. I want to know the the <laughs> the flip side of the coin here. Who are some of your least favorite all time players? And it, it may not have to have a fantasy tie, but if they do, that's fine. Who do you really dislike? Just in terms of baseball players, man. Who do I dislike? Um, you're putting me on the spot here, brother. That's okay. If there's not one, then that's fine. Um, you know, there was. I'm a Yankees fan. But I just really took, I took it to heart when Roger Clemens threw at Manny Ramirez, and a lot of people say he didn't throw at him, but he threw at him. He threw at him, and Roger Clemens is just. I love Roger Clemens. He was with the Yankees, like I said, but that bastard. I, he <laughs> threw at Manny, and I've always just had some stain in my blood for him. I'm just like, dude, that's, that's come fun. on, man. That's, that's my guy. Manny's my guy, and if Manny Ramirez was to come back right now, he'd be on my team for one dollar. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, I'm, I'm sure. Least favorite players. Um, let me think of somebody modern who's just horrible. I don't know. Who do you dislike? That's that's a tough thing because I mean, it's 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 probably hard. I can okay. Here's something I hate. I'll tell you something I hate. Sure. I, this isn't necessarily least favorite player. I absolutely cannot stand how the Rays will throw out a relief pitcher in one inning and then have a starter come in. I, I think you don't like it, the opener. No, I think that is the dumbest thing you can possibly do. <laughs> I think that defeats the whole purpose of a starting rotation. I think it defe- defeats the whole purpose of bullpen. I, I just I don't like it. I don't like it. I think it wastes arms. I think it tires arms out. I think <laughs> it. You know. I think pundits may push back on you and say that. It's it may be those things. It may be a complete um, it may be a complete differentiation, a deviation from what's the norm. But if let's say your starter is a young guy or a guy who maybe only has two quality pitches, you send a guy to face their three first batters, and, and that's, that's one less time through the order. And that's that is a fine option to sure. me in the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth inning. Okay. Right. I'd rather have my That's starters fine. out there for innings one through five. But well, listen, I I'm not disagreeing with you. The opener is something that I myself am at, at probably the best way I could say it is I'm indifferent to it. I just know that I prefer. And, and now, granted, you're talking to a guy whose favorite player in the whole world is a, an absolute workhorse pitcher. My pitchers go seven innings, if not a complete game. They bring in the closer to close it out. That's that's how I view pitching. Yeah, I like workhorses. Mm-hmm. Period. To the end of the time, I will like workhorses. I want me somebody who's going to get me six innings. I don't care if they get three earned runs. Give me six innings and a quality start. Because guess what? They're going to win eventually. So 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 you don't necessarily have least favorite players particularly. No, there. I mean, if we if we come across names. Sure. You know, I'll, you'll you'll tag them. Yes, I will tag somebody in a heartbeat if I don't like them. But <laughs> right. just off the top of my head, I don't know if I have any least favorite players of all time. I hated that Rand, that Roger Clemens threw at Manny Ramirez at one time and that he denied it. But other <laughs> he than denied that, a lot of things. He denied a lot of things. You're right. Let's uh, let's move on. I'll ask you uh, this one: How did you get involved with, and what are your first mem- memories of the Real Shit League? Uh, I remember. This all got started. We were going to do a what a three team keeper league. 
Is that what it's three team or three player keeper? What was it? Three player. I, I remember our. It was a. And here, here's a here's a here's a dose of history for you all. Uh, an episode, or rather, let me start by saying an episode forthcoming for our friends who aren't associated with this league for our other deep leaguers is going to be the history of the RS League, um, why it started, uh, the purpose, the the history of the league, and moreover the construction of the league and why and how many spots and what what the scoring is, et cetera, et cetera. But it's founded from a league that a lot of us played in together called uh, the Steroids League. And you'll hear us refer to it as just the Steroids League. It was steroids. What steroids is what it was called. Um, right. And and to, to me, I remember us having that league and we had thrown around the idea of turning it into a keeper league. And to me, this was foreign language. I was like, we're playing fantasy baseball. This needs to be a, uh, you know, we need to redraft every year. So sure. on and so forth. But, man, I tell you what, us turning this, you know, and then even further turning it into a dynasty league. We changed our mind from sleeper or from a keeper league to a dynasty league. And, you know, it just kind of built from there. And I was totally against it at first. I, I hated the idea when it came to fantasy to me. I loved the draft. I love drafting new teams every year. But then I just got to thinking how awesome the concept of, my own team, my own prospect system, my own budget, and I do it my way every year, and I can build however I want to. And to me, there's no other way to do any kind of fantasy baseball league. At, at this I think, point, you know, fantasy no football, way. fantasy basketball, they differ a whole lot than baseball. But to me, there's no other way to play fantasy baseball rather than dynasty leagues the way we do it, the way that freddie and and your you and you know i guess a collection over the years have kind of put this thing together this is the best thing i've ever done in my life this this is the premier league it is the it's it's amazing and without you know bearing our one of our next couple episodes i will say that we hope to have freddie on uh with me to discuss the the conception of the league and the come join us fred yeah we'd, we'd love to have you buddy be great so let me ask you this: uh, you you you've said a lot about this league. Let me ask what your favorite fantasy baseball memory is. I remember. Uh, honestly, I can really go back to last year. Uh, I remember it was uh, me and you were sitting in our uh, dad's kind of lounge area that he has in his house, and we were watching the Indians and the Red Sox, and it came down to uh, Edwin Encarnacion for myself and Mookie Betts for the Red Sox. And I remember I've never cheered hard, harder for any one player than Edwin Encarnacion that day. It was crazy because I remember in that instance, we were both the biggest Edwin Encarnacion fans. And I remember that man world. ripped a double down center, and I was just going nuts. Granted, it turned out, I guess, in the computer, you know, it, didn't fall my way, but Royals is a cheater, and he didn't know how to do math, and I knew I won, so well, it wasn't it, it wasn't an issue. Some something that you're not mentioning about that is we went from the highest high after he hit that double. You remember the next uh, the next half inning, Mookie Betts came to bat and cracked a home run. He sure did, didn't he? So it was it was such high to such low, and then of course we did realize, you know, later on that this was there were illegal ads made. But again, so on, so really, I guess it went Encarnacion hitting that dang double, and then honestly, us finding out like, oh wait, Royals is a cheater, you know? <laughs> That's your favorite I, memory. It might be. Uh, and then I remember, I've always just had this 
thing with the athletics. Okay. And uh, Paul High beating him that first year, it still sits well with me. Um, okay. The man wished a black cloud upon me at the beginning of the year last year, and I won the league last year. So <laughs> I I love Paul because he's active because he's a good manager. He is a good manager. He's but one beating of my him, it, it, winning the championships, hands down, were Absolutely. my favorite. But just watching very closely those last Sundays. Oh yeah, and paying attention to the numbers that closely—it's just so fun to me. I, winning it's, the championships were hands down the best memories I've had. Hopefully, I'll get to do it again in 2019. Uh, we'll see. I know one team particularly sitting very close to you is going to have a lot to say about that. <laughs> but without getting, uh, I guess, too far into that, next question I've got for you is: Who is your favorite manager in the league that is not you, and why is it me? No, I'm kidding. But seriously, who is your favorite manager in the league to watch most other than yourself? Who who do you find yourself thinking, uh, you know, this is a savvy manager, this is a, f- a favorite? And it, it, it can be, you I tell can take you, that as you will. I tell you what, if I ever get the chance to meet John Mayle, I'm going to take that fucking opportunity because he's going to teach me some sales <laughs> techniques. I don't know how the man does it. I've tried and I've tried and I've tried, but I I, I don't know how he does. I, I'm he, not saying the dude has bad players, but he has turned poop into solid 24 karat gold before, and sure. there's nobody in this league who's going to disagree with me on that note, and he can't disagree with me there. Let, he knows how to sell. Let me ask you a question. Let's 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 use Survivor here as a tool. Mm-hmm. Can you think of a Survivor player who John reminds you of? Tony Blachos. That's exactly who I had in mind. Absolutely, he's Darth Vader. He uh, he he is Darth Vader. He's all, he's awesome. If um, you if you're familiar with Survivor, it's Survivor Kagiyan, Tony Vlachos. He is um, uh, I mean he's unreal. He's absolutely unreal. He is a liar, a manipulator, <laughs> and that and sounds by horrible. God, John. He will sell out anybody, but guess what? He's doing it for. He's doing it to win. And I get and why John won. and I and get why John Mel does what he does. I'm not going to discredit the man at all. He's smart, he's good, and I won't discredit him all. I just want to know how he sells. So, let me ask you this, Kyle. On that same note, you said that if you could uh your favorite manager, a manager that you like to watch is John. Uh we compare John to Tony Vlachos. If you were a survivor player, if you could compare your fantasy managing to a survivor player, who would you compare it to? Um definitely Joe. Joe? I'm definitely Joe. I come Joe through. Anglin. Okay. Yeah, I come through when it's time. I come through and I win when it's time to win. And I, I I don't think anybody in the league can discredit me there either. I don't think anybody can argue that point. When it's time to win, your boy Yankees, he wins. Okay, so I, I think that what I need to do here is I need to give you some time and we may uh we may have another break after the the bulk of this interview. And I may have you make some more survivor comparisons to managers in the league because that's really fun. You know, one thing I've always wanted to do is I've always thought about making a list of who I compare each real shit team to in MLB, NBA, NFL. Just the, okay, a great comparison. I've always thought that John Mayo, the Blue Jays, were the Golden State Warriors of our league. Interesting. Why do you think he he they get whatever they want? Wow, okay. They get whatever they want. Interesting. And to me, it makes no damn sense, but they get whatever they want. And guess what? Teams have to compete with it. Sometimes it pays off. Sometimes they come through and win. Sometimes sure. they don't. Sure, sure. You know, uh, uh, that's, that's interesting. You know, I really, I like to view uh, 
I like to view um, the Cardinals, as, you know, my friend Alex Rhodes, as uh, almost like the Celtics or the 76ers, kind of, you know, always kind of going for the young pieces, but when it's time to make a splash, they're there to make a splash. Sure. Um, before you before you bury before you give this all away, that's a great episode. I want you guys to be sure to let me know if you want Kyle to break down the league team by team by uh, what their real life MLB comparison is, what their NBA comparison is, what their uh, in if you if you can think of something Kyle is interested in, you want him to compare your team, your management style to a thing. Uh, hit us up, man, because that's that's great, and I like the way your mind is yeah, thinking here. It, it's fun. It's it's a great way to waste time. I work night shift in an ER, so <laughs> so he needs lots of time. I need time. I need time sometimes. I got it. Uh, well, okay. Uh, yeah, we're definitely gonna we'll we'll have an ad break after the bulk of this interview here, and we're gonna have some more Survivor players comparison. That's that's hilarious. Okay, so let me ask you another question here, buddy. Uh, this is a deep one. If you could bring any manager who has departed from the league back, who would you choose and why? Um, this one, that question's a little tough to me. Um, sure. Because I left for a year. Um, I had a lot of stuff going on, real life, financially, yeah, yeah, man. and I get things happen. And people have to drop out, you know, and if, if there's ever a time that they can rejoin and get back in with us, like it happened to work out for myself, perfect. However, this is one of those opportunities that I'm not going to let slide for me again, because like I said, this is my favorite pastime. This is my favorite thing that I do. It's my favorite hobby, hands down. The months of October to December are miserable half the time because sure. I want to be talking baseball and yeah. trading and picking up free agents and studying prospects and this and that. Uh, but if I just, I won't let this personally slide through my hands again, because I think that everybody, every, each 16 managers in this league should really be proud of what we've accomplished and what we've put together. They should value. This. Yes. And if they don't, and we know who I'm talking about here, they need to leave and cuz somebody else needs to have this spot somebody else would appreciate this and what freddie and yourself and we've all collectively created it's it's too good to be burnt out and to just throw away however to answer your question if i could have any manager back i guess i would pick royals just so i could beat him fair and square um and so i could give him a few solid um fourth fifth grade Math, math tips. Um, you know that second grade math. It uh, it can be tricky, bro. By God, it can be tricky. Three minus one. I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> listen. That we're we're really stretching it right now. We're really stretching. Mike, hey, I Mike. hope you hear this. I hope you enjoyed your ale last year, man. I Dude. Hope. Okay. Listen. 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 Mike Royals. R.I.P. Brother. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. is right. Undertaker. R.I.P. Let's move on. Uh, what we're gonna do now, buddy? We're gonna break down your team. Does that All sound right. fun? That sounds awesome. I'm I'm really really excited to see where my team goes this year. You you said something to me earlier off the air that you think your team is comprised of a lot more question marks than normal. Uh, you you think that you normally go for more sure bets and you you're hedging your you're hedging your bets more on uh, some some uh some upside some ceiling yeah. picks rather than your your floor that you normally go for. I love a nice floor. Oh, me too. I love a good floor. If somebody's got a good floor, why avoid them? Why avoid them? I why, absolutely agree. why avoid them? 
I'm not saying go out and chase them and grab everybody with a good floor, but why avoid somebody with a good floor? Just because the they're 35 years old and their floor is a 280 batting average with 70 RBIs and potentially 15 to 20 home runs, okay, I will take that floor nine times out of ten. Absolutely. But, however, this year, like I said, my offseason, uh, the contracts I added, you know, adding Bryce Harper last year at the trade deadline, you know, I was just in some financial issues this offseason. And I kind of had to... You're up against the wall. Yeah, I kind of had to change, not necessarily change my thought process. I knew what I was looking for. I know the numbers I look for. I know the types of players I look for. But I couldn't necessarily go for those high, the the high floors that I wanted because they were either a little expensive or I didn't have the pieces to give for them. Sure. Or I couldn't afford them in the draft. So I did have to take some chances. And I, I, I pride myself in finding prospects and finding young guys who I think can explode. Well, let's let's go ahead and dive in. I, and I don't mean let's, to cut let's you off, do man. It. I'm sorry. Let's do it. So what I'm thinking is I'm going to we're going to start just position by position uh-huh. and we're going to talk about who you have at what position. You'll have to forgive me guys, my dogs are shaking. You'll have to uh what I'm thinking Kyle is that you should tell me about your thoughts about each player at each position and we'll start at the top behind the dish. Uh your catchers, Gary Sanchez, Danny Jansen. Listen, do you know how many people I've had ask me about Gary Sanchez in the last three years? I would imagine every manager with the about, exception of myself has asked you. About 14 managers have asked me about Gary Sanchez, minus you, and it's because you know that Gary Sanchez will never not be on my team. That Yes. Uh, the thing about Gary Sanchez is is you're not going to find another catcher in the league, um, maybe Salvador Perez, Okay. that's going to hit potentially 30 home runs. Um and I will take that for $16, for $21, for $26. Barring crazy injury, Gary Sanchez has some flaws. I'm not going to sit here and act like he doesn't. He's been injured the past couple of years. Sure. He's got injury issues. He's got injury history. But the thing about it is you're probably not going to find another catcher in the league who's got the potential to hit 25 to 35 home runs. Maybe more, depending on his year. I think Gary Sanchez was incredibly unlucky last year. I think his injury slowed him down, and I'm expecting him to be a huge part of my team this year. And I would expect all the other managers that hit me up this offseason about him to expect him to do the same thing for me. So I think that makes sense. Uh, Danny Jansen, me and Danny Jansen are kind of having some issues lately. Not issues. I love Danny Jansen. I I, did I draft him in our original prospect you, draft? I believe you did. Or I have picked him? him up. I picked him up last year, uh, at right after the draft. Actually, I remember now. I picked him up and slid him in an AA, in an NA spot and was waiting on him to come up. I wound up trading him. I think in the deal, maybe to get Chris Archer. Maybe I traded him to Rays. I don't know. Uh, but he's wound up back with me, and it's because since the beginning, I thought Danny Jansen could be a top ten catcher. And look where he sits this year. Uh, he is I a mean, top if, ten if catcher. If not top ten, he's right on the on the fringe. Yeah, he yeah is, absolutely. With injuries to Salvador Perez. Oh, with, sure, sure, you know, sure, sure. Then, with, then certainly with, with things that have kind of some dominoes that have fallen into place. I do think Danny Jansen is a top ten catcher. Okay, I, I mean I, I can't disagree with you. I didn't mean to be like okay. Will sure. he? Be, will he be? Who knows? Do I think he can be? Absolutely. All right. All right, let's uh let's move on to first baseman. Uh you you do have a team that has several first base options. 
I'll just go through them, and then uh, we can touch on them all briefly, or if you want to talk about them a little bit, you can. Uh, you've got Edwin Encarnacion. You've got Chris Davis, and th- these are ones that are primary first baseman. And then uh, one who's not currently on your team, we're still, uh, you know, it's as of recording, it's he's coming. March 24th. Yeah, he's coming, is uh, Hanram, the Hanram man, Hanley Ramirez. Uh, so if you want to touch on your first base situation, feel free. Uh, this is one of those positions that, it could get me a little heated. Um, I, I can imagine you've your your first I've, base situation and two players in particular have come under uh, a, lot a lot of, of scrutiny. scrutiny. Yes, yeah. that was the exact phrase I was going to say. Uh, you you have caught flack uh, from managers and from one manager in particular regarding a certain first baseman. Uh, my first baseman are Edwin Encarnacion, Chris yes. Davis. And Hanley Ramirez. Yes. All over 30 years old. Yes. Okay. But what have they all done consistently over the last five to ten years? They get on base and they crush the ball. Okay. Give or take Chris Davis. Chris Davis is going to strike out multiple, multiple hundreds of times a year. (laughs) It's kind of his thing, yeah. But that man hits 20 home runs a year. He does. Okay. I'm not saying his contract is outrageous. Would I pay Chris Davis $27 in the draft? Hell no. Here's the thing. Like I said earlier, it went it goes back to me and being kind of almost at a disadvantage and up against the wall this offseason. I had to move money. I had to clear space. And one of those things was I had to get rid of Robinson Cano. Did I want to trade Robinson Cano? Absolutely not. I felt as he was part of my team for a long time. But I wound up getting some good pieces back. And Chris Davis was a part of that. And is Chris Davis going to be my everyday starting first baseman? No. I've got Edwin Encarnacion. Fun fact for you fellas out there. Uh, I actually saw this in the um, the Japanese series. But uh, Chris Davis right now has the most home runs out of every player in the league since 2012. Wow. So, you know, I, I look for consistency. And I think each one of my first basemen that I have I know what I'm going to get out of each one of them. I know, okay. I know Chris Davis is going to strike out, sure. but I know he's going to hit hard. Okay. I totally expect Edwin Encarnacion to get those triple-digit RBIs again because he's done it, what, the last five or six years in a row? Sure. Seven? I, I'd have to look. Um, yes, yeah, I'd have to me. look you know, to be sure, but to me, I want consistency. Hanley Ramirez should not have been cut from the Red Sox last year. Everybody knows this. Uh He's a good player. He's a former number one, number two fantasy pick. Okay. He, you know, is he what he was then? No, but I like my first base situation. I think I'm fine. I think I've got three fine options. Will all of them plan out and uh, do what I, their seat, you know, do what I want them to? Probably not, but I guarantee you one of them will. You know, I've set it up to where I think one of them will at least be what I want them to be and be what I know they can be. So and just just to clarify, including minor league stats uh, from his 2014 season, Encarnacion has hit uh, triple-digit RBIs uh, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, 13, 12. Since 2012, he has had at least 102 RBI, if not more. And is what you're referring to. Yes. Okay. And and to me, Drew, it's it's crazy how because of his age, 
I did not get one inquiry on him this offseason. Not one. Not one. It's, and it's all it's because of age. I don't care what his contract is. I don't care. What, it's all because of his age. Everybody's scared of age, and that makes no sense. That makes absolutely no sense to me. And I... I well, cl- close listeners to last the first episode of the podcast will have heard me mentioning a very similar thing to what you just said. Yeah, that is true. Um, without without getting too deep, we could talk. We could we could talk about your nuances mm-hmm. uh, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's let's move on. I think I that, love my first base situation. I've set it up that way for a reason. Great, because well, I know one of them will do what I expect them to. That's great. Okay, let's move on. Uh, now your second baseman, you have uh you have a lot of flex players, and I'm sure that's by design at the moment. It is. But uh let's let's talk about your flex players or rather let's just let's fill out the rest of your infield. Let's that's do it. that feels like the safest thing to do here. Because uh currently slotted at your second base is D Gordon. You also have uh two more flex guys in Nico Goodrum and Marvin Gonzalez. You have a third base pure guy, uh pure third base type, uh Heimer Candelario. So these are all of the rest of your infielders. The thing, let's, let's hear about them. The thing about my infield is, and I think everybody knows the answer to this, um, I'm wholeheartedly waiting on Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to get up and fill my infield. I'm wholeheartedly waiting on Cabrian Hayes to get up and to fill my infield. Okay. Um, I think both of those players, especially, you know, Vlad. It's, it's, um, hard, it's hard not to think about your team and know that, like, Looming just around the river bend is the best. I mean, a dragon. It's best, it's it's a dragon yeah. waiting to breathe fire. Yes, uh, and that was with. I'll keep going back to this with my money situation this off season. That was always comforting to know I've got Vladimir Guerrero within the first month for a dollar. Absolutely. So, and I fully expect him to be a top twenty five fantasy player at the beginning of next year. I would so, imagine. It it was very comforting to know I've got him to fill out my infield, my third base. Sure. And but I mean, in the time, four to four, in you know, four to eight weeks. Sure. And uh, but in the time being, in the time being, you have though, guys who are who are no scrubs. Exactly. And I've set it up that way. I've set it up to how I want Marwin Gonzalez, Nico Dr- Goodrum, and uh, Heimer Candelario. Uh, I have them. I've set it up like that for a reason, and I love the flex guys because when Vlad gets there. I can move Nico Goodrum to utility. I can move him to outfield. I can move him to shortstop. You know, if there's an injury, if there, you know, and that's why I got him. I, I want Heimer Candelario, Marvin Gonzalez, and Nico Goodrum to cycle in and out of my infield almost daily. I, I fully sure. expect there to be somebody different there every day. I, I imagine you will play matchups. You'll yeah. play left, right. You'll Dependent, play. Yes. I, I, and. And that's that's to be expected. And um, the flex options there are are strong. And you know, I, I really set up my infield. You know, minus first base, you know, second, third, shortstop. I set that up fully revolving around Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Okay. So, I love D. Gordon. I've been trying to get him from Alex Rhodes for the last, what, two, three years? It's been a while. You've, um, you've definitely uh, – I mean, between the athletics and Alex. Yeah, athletics did have him. Um, and it was just one of those players that I could never get. Sure. And I think I got, honestly, one of the – Steals, no pun intended, of the draft um, <laughs> nice with D. Gordon. Um, I love D. Gordon. I love him as my second base shortstop outfield option. So I, I like my infield, and I'm really ready for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to get up. 
I'm sure it's hard not to be. It's it's very exciting. So let's uh, let's bounce now to the outfield, and you've got a, a glut of extremely talented outfielders. Uh, there's six of them here. Uh, let's just go down the line. You've got uh, Giancarlo Stanton, Andrew McCutcheon, Adam Eaton, Billy Hamilton, Teoscar Hernandez, and Christian Stewart. Right. Um, you have a loaded outfield, a lot of varying player profiles, but at the same time, there's some common threads that are tying through there. Why don't you go and talk about your outfield? Listen, here's the thing. My outfield, I love. Uh, you also got Nico Goodrum and Marwin Gonzalez that can sure. slide in they, right there, too. They both too. have a D has outfield eligibility. Yeah, and like I said, I got these guys for a reason. When Vlad gets up, I want to be able to shuffle and do as much as I can, and having those guys there definitely help me. But as far as my outfield right now goes, I'll start to begin the season McCutcheon, Stanton, and Eaton in the outfield for sure. Okay. Uh, I think all three of those are could start on any team in our league. Sure. Uh, I think you know what you're going to get with every one of them. Adam Eaton is a big question mark, and I caught a lot of shit for him in our draft. Um, I was just about to say, Kyle, uh, if, you ask, if you ask this league – Adam Eaton as your starting outfielder. Your first job right now is to get us a better starting outfield. And to me, that's insane. That is it's, that's it's, that's maddening. That there were people in the draft that said they would not own Adam Eaton, and I'm sitting here thinking, uh, be what is the reason why? Because he bats 300 every year. Um, can I ask? Can I ask you something, Kyle? Let's hear it. If Adam Eaton was on your team for five dollars, would you be excited? Uh, Knowing his player profile. At $5, would you be excited? I would be okay with it, yeah, absolutely. At $3, would you be excited? Yeah, absolutely. At $2, would you be excited? Mm-hmm. So why, not why is he a dollar? So why does that man have a dollar contract right now? You know, when it's I bid it, when I, when, I, when, I, when I put Adam Eaton on the board, I, I selected him and I wound up with him. I was sitting there thinking, who's somebody I wouldn't mind to have, but I think other people would spend money on. And I clicked Adam Eaton, and I cannot believe I came away with him for a dollar because if he gets – 450 at bats I'm thrilled for a dollar because what he's going to do in those 450 at bats everybody that said oh if Adam Eaton is one of your starting outfielders you need to focus on outfield I say kiss ass because you're going to be trying to trade me for him at the trade deadline or during the offseason yeah exactly or before then and what who's what if he stays healthy all year what if he gets those thing, 550, with, 600 with, Yeah, bats? the thing with Adam Eaton particularly is that before his two years of shoddy health, I mean, he was a lock for 600 plate appearances. Let's think about it like this. John Jones goes out and does cocaine and does all kind of drugs, but you know if he gets in the ring, he's going to beat your ass. <laughs> you put Adam so Eaton, are you telling me Adam Eaton is John Jones? Maybe. maybe. Adam Bones Eaton. But you put Adam, jo- Adam oh, Eaton no. in, the, in the batter's box. You know what you're going to get. And you'll hear me refer to this a lot. Consistency matters to me 10 times out of 10. Okay. Okay. And Adam Eaton is a consistent player. I don't care how many at-bats he gets a year. If he gets hurt every year, it does not matter to me. He is consistent. You know what you're getting with Adam Eaton. And what if he gets 550 at-bats this what year? What if? So let's uh, let's let's bounce to a, a different tune here. I know that uh, you know obviously you have big feelings for McCutcheon. I feel like the appeal of Giancarlo Stanton is fairly universal. We can talk about let's, but can, let's 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 move on. I feel like if you want to touch on them briefly, we can. But I want to hear about two outfielders who are appealing to me, who are interesting to me. It's a young combination with some uh, some interesting skills. Christian Stewart and Teoscar Hernandez. Let me talk about Stanton one second, sure, because this has to do with you. Okay. The trade that I made for Stanton 
this off season, it was one of my more anytime I trade with Phillies, I'll just put this on the air. It is extremely difficult. Uh, well, I appreciate you blackballing me to the rest of the world. I'm sorry. And to the fantasy community. It is extreme. When you have that relation, I mean, me and your brothers, you know, when yeah. you have that relation, it, it's hard to, to ever work things out. I, I mean, me and you might have done three, four trades over the last, what, five, six years? Yeah. If that. Absolutely. You know, and I feel like me and you are two of the most active managers in the league, hands down. Sure. So that's kind of crazy to me. But anyways, I – I look back on that trade and I'm glad I got Stanton because, like I said, I was losing Machado, I was losing yes. Harper, and I needed that big bat to rely on. But honestly, my I gave up so much starting pitching depth in that trade. You did. You and did. And the thing about it is, everybody in this league, for some reason, I've still not figured it out over the last five years why people think starting pitching is everything, but it's it's not. Um, take it from a two-time champion. It's it's not everything. <laughs> I'm talking to you, and you know who you are. It's not everything. Uh, it it just it befuddles me that how valuable starting pitcher is in this league. But the point is, is I traded, I got John Carlos Stanton, but I did give up a lot of things, especially Justice Sheffield and Marco Gonzalez, who were not moving from my team last year. I was not gonna, sure. I, I did not plan on anybody having them you know but you gotta do what you gotta do to get the players you need so and and you definitely went out and Um, added and speaking of the players you needed again i want to hear about these young outfielders tell me about christian t oscar hernandez and uh christian stewart are two guys that i'm relying heavy on this year okay and i would suggest managers not ask me about them because they're going to stay with the yankees uh i think that t oscar hernandez it could have just as good of a year as Yasiel Puig. Um, oh I okay. think that uh, Teoscar Hernandez's player profile matches Yasiel Puig. This guy was still in 30 bases in the minors, and he's hitting 20-something home runs in the majors. That That's unbelievable. Give him 500 at-bats, and I bet you we've got us a superstar in our hands. And then you add in Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you add in Bo Bichette, you add in Danny Jansen, you add in all these young guys they've got, what if he's batting at the top of the order? What if he's sure. batting right there behind Vlad? It's, it's, it's a- Those projected lines, that's, and I don't think a lot of people are thinking about that when they look at Teoscar Hernandez. When they're they not, look at they're, the project, they're, they're and you know, not. here's the thing: the Blue Jays have a loaded outfield. They've got guys that can play everywhere, and Teoscar Hernandez might open up the season as a platoon guy. But I would not be surprised if we see his stats that he had last year, the 22 home runs. Add five more to him. Let me get 27 home runs with about 70 to 80 RBIs and about 70 to 80 runs. I'm thrilled to have T. Oscar Hernandez on my team. And especially, I believe he's, what, 24, 25? Uh, he's, he's actually 26 He's 26 years old. years old. That's still room to grow. He's still got, he, you know, he's about to be in his prime. I think T. Oscar Hernandez is a great player. I think he's a great sleeper pick for any, you know, if anybody's listening that, you know, you're the, looking to draft. You're looking yeah, for I think Teoscar Hernandez could have a great year, and that kind of leads me into Christian Stewart. Christian Stewart was crushing the ball last year in the minors. Um, I think uh, Blue Jays wound up John Mayo wound up picking him up last I think year. Maybe, drafted him. Drafted him in the I minors draft last yep. year. And then um, I think his I think his time in the league, like when he came called up, like to to where he could actually be on our rosters, was just 
it was after our not an opportune time for for a, a pickup of an outfielder. Yes, yeah, and, John's and, trying to win a championship, and I understand that that made sense to me, you know. Uh, but I do think Christian Stewart's a left-handed batter who can not only hit right-handed pitchers, but he can hit left-handed pitchers, and he's proved it this spring. He's had a very good spring, kind of a low batting average, but the power is there. the The opportunity to play is there. Uh, Detroit yeah, not is much thin. standing in his way. Uh, I think Christian Stewart's going to be batting maybe you know to end the season. I'm going to say he's he's batting fourth or fifth every you know every game, and I think the potential for like I said with Teoscar Hernandez, 22 to 27 home runs. I don't think that's, I don't think that's you know out of the out of the reach for him. I, I really don't. Uh, I would love to see Christian Stewart come away with uh, 25 home runs and uh, 90 RBIs in the year. What if he did? You know, what if for a dollar, for a dollar. I will take that chance. So, <laughs> the guy can hit right-handed pitching. He can hit left-handed pitching. The power's there. The playing time's there. I'll take that chance. Give Give me about thirty seconds on why Billy Hamilton. Billy Hamilton to me is one of the most useful players in all fantasy baseball. Uh, you tell me this guy can steal sixty bases in a year, and I had him. The year he did, sure. Uh, I, I I don't you know I led the league in stolen bases that year because of one guy. When when you can do that, when you can lead a team in one category by yourself, fantasy wise, like Billy Hamilton did for me, that makes me a soul believer. Uh, if Billy Hamilton gets the average up and he can get on base, and I think honestly, I think an, a change of scenery will help him. Sure. I do think that a team that is gonna run a ton. Yeah. And, the and, Royals are, are are going to be think about stolen it. bases central. When you think about Billy Hamilton coming up through the prospect system with the Reds, you always say, Billy Hamilton, Billy Hamilton, Billy sure. Hamilton. And you know these guys are human. I'm yeah. sure they have pressure. You know, oh, and and to. after the years of Fresh Billy Hamilton Marcos, slowly dropping down the lineup, eventually batting eighth and ninth last year, you know. Sure. I'm sure he's more than thrilled to get a new opportunity with a new team where he knows he's going to play. He's a great defender, so you know he's going to play. And that's, a, got, and that's a cavern, yeah. so he's going to be able to stretch his and legs. He, he is, he's got the speed. You know he's going to get stolen bases. And Billy Hamilton has actually hit, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, hit above 300 this spring. And for Billy Hamilton, that's a big improvement. So give me Billy Hamilton batting 260 in the regular season. Who's to say he doesn't get this? Hamilton over the spring is hitting three thirteen. Yeah. So who's to say with Billy Hamilton with a two sixty batting average in the regular season? Let me get those sixty stolen bases again. Again, I think he's one of the most useful players and 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 undervalued players in fantasy baseball just because of his steal potential. So many people focus on the home runs and they 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 see these huge players hitting these balls out of the park. But when you get guys like Billy Hamilton who are gonna you know who could potentially get on base a lot. Who could potentially do all this stuff and steal bases? You know, it, it's it's really valuable to me, and I try to take advantage of a lot of those players. Absolutely. Uh, one one last batter you've got is uh, Michael Chavis, uh, and he uh, he's a player that you've got on your NA your NA spot. Uh, just give me a couple seconds on Mr. Michael Chavis. I love Michael Chavis because the dude got suspended for steroids. Uh, you know he's got the power, obviously. Oh, gosh. Uh, I mean, he, he, why not? I'm going to take a chance. I mean, he's going to serve his suspension, I guess, eventually, does he? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know where he's at on that. I, I don't know, know. Uh, but the power is there. Uh, they're, and to be honest with you, there are Red Sox fans in this league. There are prospect guys in this league who whack it to prospects daily. 
So not <laughs> only not, not only is he a, a good player that I think could come up and potentially play first, second, or third for the Red Sox this year if they have an injury or something, but it's a decent trade ship if I need to you know make if a move if, if you know if you know if it, I think he's a young player with power potential for the uh, Red Sox uh, if nobody's ever heard of him, but a uh, great team. You know, they tend to put out pretty good players. So I'm going to take a chance on Michael Chavis. Uh, I've also got Vlad. I've got Karan Hayes. But I don't think having him there to potentially play third or first or second, depending on where he falls with the Red Sox or whatever team he winds up, I don't think that's a bad option there. So, And at a dollar in the NA spot, sure. it's, not a, it's not a bad thing. Now, guys, uh, what we're going to do real quick is we're going to send you away just for a quick second. So hang in there. Kyle's still got to break down his starting pitching, his relievers. We're going to talk about what prospects he's got, and we actually have got some more questions for him. We're going to have him talk about the league at large. We're going to talk about some more things right after this. Thank you again to Anchor, and we are back. Kyle's still here with us. Kyle is getting some smooches. He's got his vape. He's getting some smooches from my dog, Barney. It's a jewel. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Spoken like a true non-smoker over here. Okay. Other things are frowned upon in this house. (laughs) That's true. They sure are. Let's move on to some pitching. And uh, we're going to start with your relievers, actually, because as of this recording... You've got four very talented relief pitchers, and they are Edwin Diaz, Wade Davis, Shane Green, Adam Ottavino. Let's hear about your relievers. Okay, here's my thing about my relievers, and I'll kind of go – I guess I could have mentioned this in catchers, but I think it is absolutely insane and crazy to to avoid a stat. In fact, you're asking to lose, if you ask me. Um, I'm not trying to give away my techniques or anything, but I guess if you want to take this – if the shoe fits, you know, I think it is absolutely insane to punt catcher, to punt saves, to punt whatever. Um, but, but going into that, I my I set up my relievers and my closers every year to where, like I said, you're going to hear me say it a lot, consistency. I want to know that these guys have jobs. I want to know that these guys are, are going to pitch. And I think I've got four guys with lockdown jobs – one being a setup man, probably one of the best setup men in the league, and Adam Ottavino probably sure, got absolutely. honestly probably got, I'd say top five sliders in the league out of any it's, pitcher. Yeah, it's disgusting. So you throw him in the Yankees bullpen, that's obviously disgusting. I'll take you know his K per nine ratios and all that stuff. I'll take it in a heartbeat. Uh, I have the, you know he's in the NL now, but I have the AL saves leader from last year in Owen Diaz. I have the NL saves leader in from last year in Wade Davis, you know, and I understand where people say I might have overspent on him in the draft, but um, if I have to overspend to get the guy who led the NL in saves last year for a team that made the playoffs, I think I'll do that. I can understand your line. Uh, Kenley I, Jansen went for, what, $19? Jansen went for $19. Kenley Jansen is hurt, or not hurt, he has got health issues, you know. Sure. He'll probably start the season and be fine. But my fact is that there's nothing wrong with Wade Davis. There's absolutely nothing wrong with him. Nope. And I think I got him on a damn good deal. I think I got him on a great deal. I think you know what you're going to get with Wade Davis. I think he's still one of the best closers in the league. Will the ERA shoot up there every now and then? Sure. But whose doesn't? What closer isn't going to get lit up from time to time? That's a good point. You're you're being unrealistic if you think you're going to get a closer who's going to have a sub-2 ERA every every year. You know, Blake, it's, it's hard. Blake Trenin, did he ought to have a sub-2 ERA last year? 
I think he did. I think he was the only closer maybe with a sub like two that's ERA. Correct, but I, and I don't have that. I hate it for me. who has Blake training. I think it's, it's Alex. Alex Cardinals, Cardinals but that's not going to happen again. Just like I don't expect Kyle Freeland to have a sub three ERA this year. It's probably not going to happen again. But the thing is, it, I like my relief pitchers where I said, I've said them. Shane Green is going to start as a closer for the Detroit Tigers. Where he ends up to end the year, who knows. But it's kind of like Fernando Rodney last year. I drafted Fernando Rodney in a very similar situation. He was closing with the Twins. Did I think he was going to stay with the Twins? No, not really. But I'll figure that out when the time comes. You know, If nothing, Shane Green's going to be a good trade piece, a good uh, reliever for me throughout the year. I can, if he, you know, so on and so forth. I really like what I've done with my relievers here. I, you're going to hear me say it a lot, consistency, and I feel like I know what I'm going to get with my four relievers I've got. That's a fair thing to say for sure. Uh, now, you've you've made uh, some, some interesting statements about starting pitching, your beliefs on starting pitching, uh, but your your staff is it's interesting this year. It's interesting this season, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some definite Kyle guys. Uh, some some of familiar faces, some guys that you've nurtured along. Uh, the thing that I think about your staff when I see it is, um, I know you traded for Kyle Freeland last year, but mm-hmm. you had him during his really hot stretch. Yep. Uh, you brought up Joey Lucchese. You brought up uh, Derek Rodriguez. Uh, you've 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 always got CC on your teams. Uh, having Cueto around is a Kyle staple. Uh, those type things I think are are core pieces for you. Um, I think that you you mentioned earlier you like to find players. Yeah, I love to find, and especially starting pitching in this league because I think it's a total slap to the face of everybody who goes out and spins, 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 spins to try to get a staff full of aces. Because, like I said, that's unrealistic. It's not going to happen. You can have four to five starting pitcher ones on your team. But the likelihood of that panning out for you and working in the end of the year, to me, it's not clicking. I think it is highly, highly, highly important to have a staff full of decent players, a staff full of decent pitchers. I own I own Marco Estrada, okay? I had a manager tell me a few weeks ago he wouldn't own Marco Estrada for free. Okay, to me, that's stupid. That is dumb. Marco Estrada starts. He will start every fifth day. And with a team... With a team who can more than likely make the playoffs, has a chance to make the playoffs, wild card, sure, whatever. Sure. Uh, you can't disc... You're not going to get 10 starting pitchers that are going to have sub 3.5 ERAs. You're, it's not going to happen. That is unrealistic, and it's not going to happen. So, to me, I feel like a lot of the flaws of a lot of the managers in the league is they totally avoid those players. And me, I love finding those players who, like I've said, and I'm going to keep saying, consistent. What are they going to do? So, let's let's you you've you've talked a lot about consistency. You've talked a lot about your pitching belief. Your big trade, like through the trading season, not the draft, but the Mm -hmm. trading season. Your big pitching addition is someone who has been. Anything but consistent, in a sense. It's yeah. Robbie Ray. However, I would still classify Robbie Ray as a definite Kyle pitcher. Can you speak to why Robbie Ray is uh, a player who's attractive to you? Robbie Ray, there's a, okay, there's, I guess there would be two flip sides of this consistent. Consistent sure. in a good way and consistent in a way of, I know what I'm going to get. With Robbie Ray, I know what I'm going to get. Okay. Robbie Ray this spring is pitched 16 and a third innings. 
and he's got, what, 32 or 33 strikeouts. I know Robbie Ray is going to get me strikeouts. For those pitchers that I have, such as Marco Estrada, who in Japan only pitched five innings and had one strikeout, Robbie Ray is going to make up for those strikeouts that I'm going to lose elsewhere. Kyle Freeland is going to make up for those those strikeouts that I that I miss elsewhere. Are they going to win every game? Is he Zach Grinky of the Diamondbacks? No, but I know what I'm going to get with Robbie Ray. Sure, it, absolutely. Robbie Ray was the main piece that I got back for Fernando Tatis Jr. If that makes sense, you know, I fully believe in Robbie Ray. I fully believe that I know what I will get with Robbie Ray. I fully believe in Robbie Ray as a, a tier one to tier two starting pitcher. And if you don't believe me, go back and look at his stats two years ago. Okay. Uh, and now uh, you you did make other acquisitions through the trading season that are, mm-hmm. are worth mentioning that mm-hmm. we're not going to get to yeah. uh, in thorough detail. Sure. Uh, Michael Pineda, Vince Velasquez, mm-hmm. um, the players like that who are, again, players who have yeah. high potential players who have good strikeout numbers who could be 15 game winners who are playing mm-hmm. for teams that are no slouches another player just super briefly i should bring up uh, along the same lines as your Derek rodriguez your joey lucasi is a ryan barucky yep uh, another very skilled player who you kind of found and nurtured and you you kept him yeah and that's great but the player i want you to touch on before we touch on your prospects i want to hear you tell why you think Duke graduate Toronto Blue Jay Marcus Stroman was the most unheralded steel gem? Why you pumped your fist in the air in my living room when you got Marcus Stroman? I want to hear you. Marcus Stroman was, when when the list came out of players that were going to be available, I told myself, I'm getting Marcus Stroman. Okay. okay? Marcus Stroman's profile, his pitches, uh, his history – his age, if if you don't think that he's going to have a bounce back year, I want to smoke what you're smoking, okay? Because this dude, he's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. And if you – you that Toronto Blue Jays lineup, man, if it clicks – and I'm the biggest damn Yankees fan that you'll talk to. But sure. that Toronto Blue Jays lineup clicks and those pitchers up there get run support, especially Marcus Stroman, who I think has got the highest ceiling out of any of those pitchers up there. He's a potential Cy Young candidate. Potential Cy Young candidate. Well, Will he okay. win it? I, I don't know. But you get That's him hard up. To say. You get, it's, it's hard to call. No, Did anybody call Blake Snell winning the Cy Young last year? No, they didn't. I, I can't so my thing is, is, is you get him the run support up there. He was unlucky last year. He, you know, his, his BABIP was up a little bit last year. Uh, his uh, ERA was a little, you know, I think it was elevated compared to his FIP. So I think he got unlucky last year. I think his age is a total plus. I think he's got the lineup eventually to make him one of the better pitchers in the league. Oh, and guess what? I got him for $12. So I think that is one of the steals of the draft. In my own opinion, I think Adam Eaton for a dollar is a steal. But I think everybody letting me get Marcus Stroman for $12 could come back and hurt a lot of people, especially when some of the other pitchers, uh, I won't name anybody, went for three to four times as much as that. Significantly so, more. Significantly more. And on top of that, had better years than those guys. Marcus Stroman had better years than those guys last year. So, And, and he even had a down year. Like, so anyways, I think Marcus Stroman, in my opinion, he is my still of the draft. He is – he, he out of any team, Marcus Stroman for twelve dollars is a tier one to tier two starting pitcher at tops, and I think he could lead 
my fantasy starting pitching to the end almost this year. Excellent. Well, I'm glad you got it. I firmly believe in Marcus Stroman. And I love his smile and his mustache. And he has tattoos. He has great tattoos. He does. But before we get into tattoos, I'd like for you to talk about your prospects. So if you could... Uh, if you just take a moment and maybe um, now, obviously we did speak about Vlad earlier, and I think the the that we're already kind of running on time. Uh, I will say this: if you're not aware of why Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the best prospect in baseball, do yourself a favor and watch some highlights. But do beyond, yourself a favor and get out of my league. <laughs> beyond Vlad, you have four names who are uh, who are all top 100 to my knowledge. Yes. And that, uh, can you just can you just give me a little bit of a, a little bit of drop some knowledge uh, on these guys? So obviously we have Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Of who I purposefully traded for, and you know when we could trade the picks, I traded up my first year back to specifically get that pick, to specifically get Vladimir Guerrero Jr. because I fully believed in him, and look where we're at now. So that's all that needs to be said there. Uh, don't ask about him in a trade. <laughs> Unless you want, uh, never mind. We're not going there. <laughs> uh, so we got AJ Puck. I think AJ Puck had some of the best stuff out of all the minor league system before his injury, and I still think you know we've had some additions since him, some guys that are just as good, I'd say, you sure. know, with similar profiles. But I do think AJ Puck could be a solid, uh, I'd say, a ceiling of a of a two to three starter for the A's maybe next year. This sure. later in the year, sure. the sure. next year, I think he'd be fine. He's who are we to say? He's yeah, six he seven. Has... He's got velocity. He's he's got the pitches. He you know, he, he he's a big guy. He's got high upside and I really like him there. Um Estevan Florial was the second main piece that I got back for uh Fernando Tatis Junior with um Robbie Ray because I wanted another solid prospect back. I knew I wanted to get help to help me this year, but if I was moving Tatis, I needed somebody young, somebody I knew had high potential, and why not make that my favorite team's best prospect? Why not? So <laughs> I like Esteban Florial. I think he's I think he's got great defense with a lot. You know, I, I think that'll Absolutely. help him get, you know, further himself up through the prospect system, and he did get hurt recently. I do know that. He's out for a couple weeks. But I didn't expect him to make a big splash this year, but I do like his upside. I do think he might, you know – whether it be for the Yankees or not, I think he becomes a regular everyday outfielder at some point. Um, Cabrian Hayes, I've read and watched highlights as much as I possibly can of this guy. He is the best defender at third base in the minor league system. Uh, so, therefore, whether his bat's there or not in the long term, he's going to get playing time because he's such a great defender. Yes. He can rocket that bitch ball to first base like no other. Uh, he's athletic. He can move over there. And to me, that's going to get him the playing time he needs. However, boy, has his bat come along, though. His it, it bat really has. has turned. Really, you know, it's really turned some heads, has. and he continues to trend up fantasy prospect boards and uh, the you know MLB board. He's shot up over the last two years, as far as prospect goes. So I really like him there. And then uh, John Duplante was my first round pick in our pro- in our prospect draft last year, and I think I probably reached for him. However, I think John Duplante has the profile of a Justin Verlander type pitcher. Okay. I think his ceiling is a Justin Verlander. He's got the stuff. Boy, does he got the stuff. And he can make pe- – I mean, he can get guys out. He can get guys out. And when it comes down to it, that's what that's what matters. It doesn't matter if they ground out. It doesn't matter if they strike out. 
he can get guys out, and the the numbers over the past sit down three batters, uh, and the numbers over the past couple seasons show it. He was, uh, I think, a conference USA Player of the Year at one time. Yeah, uh, he's got the pedigree, he's got the profile to be a very, very good starting pitcher, and I totally buy into John Duplante, another player of mine that I would suggest you not ask about. <laughs> All right. Well, that's great. Uh, well, thank you for breaking down your team with such candidness and with such a uh, aplomb, man, and in such detail. Uh, let's let's talk about our uh, let's talk about our league really quick. Uh, I'd like to ask more. I mean, it's kind of a boring question to ask you who you think is going to compete this season. That's mm-hmm. boring. Everybody's going to give you a different answer. What I want to know is, what teams do you think are going to improve upon their standings from last year? And I'm going to pull up last year's standings for us. Well, obviously. I really think Diamondbacks can make that leap okay. just because he had the most money. He had the, the most spaces to get players in the draft, and he really took advantage of that. Uh, you know, I would have done the same thing. I, you know, if I, if I would have been him, I would have done the same exact thing. He wound up finishing seventh last year. but no, I, Hold on, that's, that's, that's the wrong season. God yeah. bless. I'm sorry. It's okay. I was about to say you threw me off there, Drew. I think he finished 13th last year, if I'm not mistaken. 14th. Okay. But I do think I, if he would have finished 7th last year, with the additions he's made on his team, if they all pan out, I think he could be a, a playoff team. I, I really do. Uh, so I expect him to really make a leap and potentially push yourself and Cardinals and Braves for a, for a playoff spot. Um there are other teams that I won't mention because I know they're not going to do anything to push themselves to be to improve because I just I've figured them out by now and they're not going to do anything to improve their teams if they hear this podcast by god they can call me out as much as they want for it but you know who you are uh I feel like for them to call you out they would have to log <laughs> they'd have to log on to the board though yeah okay nationals pirates you know if y'all ever hear this I don't expect y'all to make much improvement just because you don't do anything. Uh, Rock, I really like Rocky's team. I feel like I like Tomato's team every year to start the year. But he just does things throughout the year that kind of confuse me. And I feel like if he would trust his gut a little bit more to start the season, I think he could potentially have a team that maybe sneaks up. I think he needs a little starting pitching help, but... Other than that, I really like what he's done with his squad this year, and I think he can finish a little higher than you know last place for sure. I mean, he can only go up, but sure, I do think I can up. I can see him finishing above twelfth. You know, I can see him making a, a solid improvement this year and making sure. it to the top half of the NL. Uh, AL teams. Who, who you like in the AL? Who who can improve their standing in the AL? I like what Tigers has done to set up for next year. Sure, I like what he's done to set up for next year. Uh, I like what he did in the draft to set up for next year. But as far as this year's goes, I like – man, I I think the Rays have done a really good job of building a team that could could be a playoff contender. They were close last year. Um, Fish State. Yeah. Uh, I think Athletics, again, could be fighting for a spot. But I really – you know, out of the AL, I really like what Rays did in the draft, adding Manny Machado, and, you know, that was a solid, solid move. 345. I, I, I told myself before the draft, I'll bid on Manny Machado until he gets to 45, and that's what he got him at. So I feel like if I would have said I'll go to Manny Machado until he was 46, he'd be on my team now. But that's, you know, how things fail, and that's how it is. But I do think that that move by itself 
putting him with Judge, and you know, I, I think that's kind of nice. dangerous. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I think, you know, you get those other dominoes that he has to fall into place, and he could have a they really fall da- the right yeah, way, he could have you know he could have a really dangerous team. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, a couple more questions for you, and we'll call it a day, my friend. Mm. Can you tell me what your biggest weakness as a fantasy baseball manager is? <laughs> Do I have a weakness? Everyone uh, does. I care too much. I sing in the shower. <laughs> uh, I work too hard. What now, is your f- God? Go uh, on. Okay, my weakness, I guess. I don't pay attention enough. I don't feel like to batting averages and the OPSs and the ERA and the whips. And I, okay, I don't feel like it, it's not necessarily that I don't care what they are, but half the time it just doesn't bother me. Okay, I don't care if somebody bat uh, Chris Davis. So I, is that a weakness or is it a strength? Though? I guess it could be a weakness. So I, well, here's the thing: I consider it as a, just one of my tendencies, but I think a lot of other people would view that as a weakness because. Uh, I've heard so many play. You know, Chris Davis, he's not even going to hit over 200. To me, I don't give a damn because I know he's going to hit 25 home runs. Okay. But to others, that is a weakness, and I'm going to lose batting average. I'm going to lose batting average because of the way I've set my team up. You know, but I think that would be one of my weaknesses is that I don't pay enough. I look at a lot of the deeper numbers when maybe I should look at our numbers a so, little closer. So let me ask you this then. Because you're using what other people would see as a weakness, let me ask you this. What's something you think other people see as your biggest fantasy baseball managing strength? I think I kind of started it off at the beginning. I think everybody in this league knows that I ain't giving up, that I'm going to do whatever I can to know that I'm going to be competing at least trying to get into the playoffs. And I think people know that one of my strengths is I'm a smart manager. I, I, know, I know how to view players. I know how to find players. And I know who's good. And I know, you know, I, I really pride myself in scouting and finding players. And I think that uh, I think I've proved that over the past couple of years in finding some of these gyms. I would definitely say last year I didn't get lucky, but was it an upset? Absolutely. You see Irvine just beat what Kansas State the other day. There's upsets every day in sports. And I set my team up to win, and that's what they did. So one of my biggest strengths, I would definitely say, that people would see in me would be my ability to to find players that are good enough to get me there and win me the championship. And, I, you know, I think that it's an undervalued stat that – or an undervalued quality about me that not a lot of people in this league have. I think a lot of people lean strictly on, oh, they finished in the top 100 last year. Oh, they only hit 50 RBIs last year. I can't have them. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, Well, I mean, that that was a great answer. That's a great answer, and it is a good envelope for you. Uh, Guys, we're going to throw it one more time to a a brief message, and then we're going to be back because our buddy Kyle – He's gonna he's gonna wrap us up with some survivor comparisons. Who are you like? What survivor player are you most like? We'll find out right after this. Stay tuned, big boys. Thank you, thank you, anchor. One last time, and we're back uh, to wrap up the episode with my brother, your your friend Kyle. We are gonna figure out. Kyle has has made a list here of five RS managers and their survivor comparison. The Survivor Comparison. So, Kyle, I'm going to let you go through this. 
in your own time. So this was kind of a thrown together at last minute thing here for me and Drew, but we we're huge Survivor fans, and if you're not a Survivor fan, uh, catch that shit on a on a Wednesday nights at a yeah, seven bro. p.m. I mean, greatest cool. reality show in the history of TV, in my opinion. However, we can go down in this. If you're into Survivor, you'll get into this, but. I think that our friend uh, Tyler Jackson, you call him Big Big Jack Daddy. Yeah, that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, he reminds me of this guy named Spencer. That was in a few, probably you know Spencer Bloodsoe. Some about three or four years ago. Very, very smart. This dude was making it to the end, but he just never got. He never pulled Spencer it out. made it to the final four, and then he made it to the final three. He you know, played, he's played twice. And Tyler, I don't think has made it to the playoffs yet. But Tyler's so smart, he knows what he's talking about. And I haven't known Tyler that long, but I've picked up on the fact that he knows what he's talking about. Sure. And I think in the uh, uh, the trade special you did, I think sure. me and Tyler have traded the most out of anybody I've traded with. And to That's me that makes sense because Tyler is logical. True. I can, I can trade with people who know what they're talking about. I don't have to bullshit, and I don't have to be bullshitted by somebody who knows what they're talking about and somebody whose opinion when it comes to baseball and fantasy that I respect. Okay. That's that's a good and, okay. and I respect Spencer's game and Survivor. He's smart. He knew how to get there. But when will he put it all together? When, we'll see. We'll see. I does Spencer, Spencer, does Spencer come back and play a third time? Does Rays come back and make a splash this year? I like his team at the draft. We'll see what happens. Draft, that so. was a re- that's a really good comparison. I think you put I think you hit it out of the park there. Who else you got? Uh my good friend uh, Fred Culver. Uh, we compared John Mail to Tony Vlachos earlier, and in that same season that Tony won, there was a guy who rode Tony's coattails the whole way there to the end and had a great game. Maybe could have won. He definitely had the uh, the uh, friendliness and the you know the the uh, go out of my way to do things for others type personality. He didn't lie. He didn't cheat. He didn't, you know, cut the rules or bullshit anyone. Lie, you know, he didn't do all of those things and get to the end. But he, he definitely almost rode the coattails of other people. Uh, but, like I said, he's a proven winner. He, it's Wu. Yeah, it's Wu. Wu. Uh, Wu Huang. Uh, he's proved that he knows how to get there. He's proved that he knows what he's doing in the game. But when do the pieces get put together? Do they get put together? Will they get put together? And I think that's one of the big question marks for our uh, commissioner is the fact that I know they can get there because they've done it, what, the last two to three years? Sure, been in the playoffs many years. So, But it's when will the moves – to me, it's – it's, and I love Freddie to death, but it's when will the moves be put into stone that get him over the edge. Sometimes I feel like the Braves get a little quiet around trade deadline. And to me, I added Bryce Harper last year at the trade deadline. You have – to be talking, you have to be moving constantly, and I, I I think Braves puts together solid teams, and I guarantee you I ha- I haven't sent in my I'm sure we'll be doing a rankings soon, and I'm sure Shh, don't bury the lead, okay, and I'm sure Braves will be at the top of everybody's list, sure. However, I want to see Braves put the pieces together to say, hey, I'm in the finals this year. Okay, and I think he can, but it's kind of like Ray's. Will it be this year? Will it? Will it be next year? Will it be ever? You know, who who knows? Okay. 
So, uh, okay, who, who who else have you got on your list? Let's let's hear who else you've got on your survivor comps. So, another there's this guy, and if you're a fan of Survivor, sure you might know this guy, but there was this guy named Vince <laughs> on Survivor a few seasons ago. <laughs> And this was a weird one, man. He come in, was hitting on this girl. He had a fucking feather in his hair. <laughs> I think he was a vegan. Like, just a strange guy. Not shitting on vegans or anything, but just... You hear if somebody's a vegan, you're automatically probably going to assume they're just kind of weird. Sorry oh. if any of you are vegans, but... <laughs> vegans are buried. Anyways, oh, this sure. dude gets voted out first episode because he's a total freak. He, he, he comes in and he makes an impact in the show... Because he was talking to everybody. He was freaking everybody out. He was making an impact in the show. And to me, he's like Nationals. Because every year, Dagum Nationals comes out in the draft. And in the first week or two, and makes a splash. Has a decent team. But because he does not know what he's doing in this league. Sorry if you hear this. But because he doesn't know what he's doing in this league, he'll never win a title. He'll, he'll be out of contention by the, by the first month or two. Just like Vince was out of contention the first episode. <laughs> By day three. By day fucking three, yeah. So, who else you got on your list, buddy? Uh, one of my favorite old fellas in this league is uh, Mr. Athletics. Uh, like I kind of hinted oh, on him he earlier. He sure is. And I, you do, love I, it. I do like Athletics. Regardless of what he says, I'm glad he's in this league. Anybody that's active in this league and that plays and and. Plays to win. Plays to win. I can appreciate. Uh, but when, you, like I just said about John, about nationals, he, he, I don't fear him at all because it, he just disappears after the first month. But however, A's, you know, A's, he's there all year. He plays, and I appreciate managers like that. But if I had to compare him to somebody, it would be Brad Culpepper. Uh, Interesting. Brad Culpepper was very savvy. He was very like he was always a like a leader, and I can just without meeting A's, I bet you he's a boss of something. I don't know what this guy's <laughs> profession is, but I bet you he like manages people. I bet you he's somebody's he boss. He's somebody's boss. He's an he? HR man. He is somebody's boss, and I knew that. Oh, that's I, great. I, it, I would love A's knows what he's doing because he's been there. I've met him in the finals. A's knows what he's doing. And Brad Culpepper knew what he was doing in that show. But to me, I kind of put A's in the same category as like Freddie, our commissioner, the Braves. It, when will the the pieces finally come into place? Do they disappear too much at the trade deadline? I know he made – did he not make some big moves with you last year at the trade uh, deadline? Well, he, he, he actually sold off but still surged. So, yeah, I mean, last offseason I got Rizzo and right. Verlander from and him. And that kind of goes back to me saying he knows what he's doing. Absolutely. He traded away huge pieces – and yet still, still surged able, to seventh place. Yeah, and I finished – I think it came down to me and him for that sixth seed in the last week. And I, I might have right. finished like a game and a half ahead of him. He knows what he's doing. He can get there. He's got the savviness. Uh, he's got the knowledge of baseball, just like you know Brad Culpepper had the knowledge of the survivor, the survivor and, and growing relationships with people. You know, I think A's has definitely got those techniques Interesting. To, to, to get there. And, you know, he's very savvy. You know, every time I talk to A's, he's – you know, we we have some words, but <laughs> oh, do you? But I mean, he he's a savvy fella. He knows what he wants, and he's there to get it. And I can't. Describe, Sounds like I, Brad Culpepper. I can't take that away from him. You who, know? who have you got? Give me, give me one more. We'll call it a day. One more. Okay, it, my friend Giants. 
my friend James. Uh, he is my friend. He's uh, everybody's friend. He might, not, he might not say I'm his friend, but he's my damn friend. Yeah, uh, I, I love Clay. He's the man. Uh, the honorary Wheeler. I guess. <laughs> Go even, ahead. Who you got? Even though he backed out of my three-team trade. Go on. That's another story for another podcast. So, Who is Clay's survivor comparison? Clay is just like Chaos Cass. An all-time legend. I they called Cass. her Chaos Cass for a reason because that woman was always stirring up some shit. <laughs> All right. And I'm not saying Clay's out here just... Clay ain't going to go out here and drop Madison Bumgarner and just do some stupid shit. I'm, I don't expect Clay to do that. Right. But Clay will pull some moves out of left field where you're just like, what in the hell? Whether it be good or totally off the wall to where I don't understand it at all, I've seen him do both. I've seen him this offseason. He pulled off trades where I was like, is this the same Clay? And then he's pulled off trades where I'm like, yep, it's the same Clay. <laughs> okay. And I'm not trying okay. to do this. But my point is, is that this person in Survivor was always in the middle of something. They were always causing chaos, always flipping switches, always uh, in the thick of, of knowledge. Do, do I think Giants is ready to prepare this year? To win a championship or make the playoffs? No. Uh, but if he stays with the same mindset of always being involved, how he is, like I said, I appreciate anybody who is active. If you are active, you have a leg up on anybody in the league. The more active you are, the more leg up you got. And that's what I'll give him. He knows what he, he knows what he you know, he knows baseball. And I'll give Absolutely. him he, he know he he knows he knows how to be involved in this league and he knows how to he knows how to talk to people and that gets you further than a lot of things in this league that a lot of people don't realize even people that I'm closer to in real life I think Giants might have that edge over some of them sure. and the fact that he's willing to talk he's willing to be there whether or not anything me and Giants might never trade again but the fact is I know I could call or text or email whatever Giants right now and we could talk about something baseball related Absolutely. And to me, that's why I compare him to Chaos Cass is because she was always there. Always ready she was to always, do something. Yes, whether it be cause chaos, make a smart move, make a completely stupid move, she was always there. Make an alliance, break an alliance, make a heart. Make yeah. an impact. And I feel like Giants does that, whether it be in bad ways or good ways. I feel like he can do that. So let, let me. do you have your list written down there? Let me, let me take a look at that real quick. Just, I want to see something. So Spencer... Woo and Brad. So three of the five there ha- have been finalists. I think it's interesting that you picked finalists, but you haven't compared anybody to winners. You didn't even compare yourself to a winner, honestly. Now, he could win. Joe is actually still active. Any of my survivor hearts out there know. That's odd because the only player you compared to a winner was Mr. Tony Vlachos. So that'd be Blue Jays. I think that's interesting. We'll get into the psychology of that some other time. Mr. Wheeler, our champion, tell uh, tell the fine folks listening where they can reach you out. If they have, if they're a listener who's not in the league, if they want to reach out to you with some for some fantasy advice, if they want to hear guys uh, some survivor advice, where can they reach you? I love, I love baseball. I love sports. The Tennessee Vols, the New York Yankees, the Memphis Grizzlies. You ever want to talk about any of those things? You hit me up. I love uh, Marvel. The comic books, the the movies, everything that has to do with that. If you ever want to talk about anything like that, hit me up. You, you know, a bunch of you have my phone number in the league. I'm I not going to give that. I'm not going to give podcast. that on the air. 
Uh, however, if you're a single and a 10 out of 10 and you happen to be hearing this, <laughs> just hit my brother up here and we'll get you that information. However, <laughs> you can find me on uh, uh, Twitter and Snapchat at Kyle Wheeler 911 You can find me on Facebook at Kyle Wheeler. I'd love to talk to you and add you as a friend if I'm not already your friend on there. Um, guys, I, I, I work night shift at an ER. I sleep during the day and I'm up all night. I'm always ready to talk about something, especially baseball. I love the league and I love... I think it's it's my hand like I said it's my hands down favorite pastime and hobby to do in my whole life in my everyday life this is my favorite thing to do and each and every one of you guys that are in this league is a part of it and I appreciate you for that whether or not we've had horrible conversations and confrontations <laughs> or very good ones uh I appreciate and really love all you guys because you make my life a whole lot happier especially from about February, January to about damn October. And then it just trails right into my birthday and Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then we're right back into baseball. So, I mean, it's really not, I have a very good, I have a very good life. And this right here, this league real shit, it makes it even better. So it absolutely does. And that was well said. Kyle, thank you so much for coming and joining us. Yeah, man. I have to ask that you would please stop blowing that smoke all over my house. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm playing. All right. Thank you again, Kyle. And everybody here, uh, definitely leave us a five-star review if you're listening on iTunes. Uh, subscribe to us for sure on iTunes. Like us. Follow us on Spotify. Give us some uh, some applause on Anchor. Send us a message. Let us know what you liked, what you disliked. If you have ideas for episodes, if you have topics you want me to talk about, if you have something that you want Kyle to compare all the managers to, like we said earlier, if you want him to compare them to NBA teams, if you want him to compare them to real-life MLB teams, if you want Kyle to compare the league to Marvel superheroes, I'm sure he could figure something out. I'd love it. I Absolutely. Um, if you want to hear the other the other league people as Survivor contestants, whatever you want, let us know. Uh, let us know who you want to hear an interview with next, because I would love to interview everybody in this league. I would love to interview poor Royals. And I would love to hear it. I, I, me too. I'd love to do it. I'd love to hear it. I'd love to be a part of it. I love you guys so much. Uh, now, on behalf of myself, Drew Wheeler, the host, the deputy commissioner of the RS podcast, take care of yourself, please. Take care of each other. Have an awesome day and an awesome evening and an awesome tomorrow. Bye-bye.